Welcome to GMFC Studios, God's production company. Praise the Lord, everybody. We thank the Lord for each and every one of you that's taken time out of your Sunday morning to spend time with us here in the GMFC Studios. We're excited about what God is doing, and we have a word for you this morning. We just want to talk to you from the subject title, Why Woman? Why Woman? And if I was on Facebook or if I was sending a text, I might put the big eye emoji after the word woman. Why woman with big eyes? I've learned in my life that woman, and in particular, specific women in my life, have had the ability to touch me in ways that no man in my life could touch me. There was a certain connection that I had that seemed to be deeper than any connection I've ever had with man. I love my father beyond words. I can never explain to you the depth of my love I have for my father, uh, who's already transitioned and gone on into glory. But it's different. And it always caused me to wonder why these, in my life, particular women, have had such a dynamic effect on me in varying degrees from my sister or sisters to my mother and to my wife. In varying ways, they've all had the ability to touch me deeply in ways that no one else could. And as I begin to study the word of God and ask, the, you know, ask God this question, why woman? What is it about the woman that's caused this such, such a deep connection or such a, a love as, you know, like you could never experience. Why woman? And I begin to study the book of Genesis, which anyone that knows me knows that that's my favorite book in the Bible. And I got stuck on the second chapter as I was thinking and pondering this very question. And we're going to put up for you Genesis, the second chapter, starting at the 18th verse to the 24th verse, which is the foundation of this sermon today. And I just want to release something, a seed into your atmosphere that you would uh, understand both why and how as it relates to woman. The Bible declares, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I, and this is the Lord talking, will make him and help meet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found and help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, 
This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. The Bible goes on to say, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. That's the 25th. I'll give you a little extra there. Now, the first thing that we need to see is what God um, had in plan or in store for creation. And at the very forefront of everything that we see in creation, we have to first understand that God planned woman. Woman was as much a part of the creation of God as was man. And scripture makes it plain even before it reveals the details about how and why woman was to be part of creation. So God created man in his own image. In the image God created he, him, male and female created he, them. The Bible tells us in Genesis 1 and 27. And I've always taught that nothing in scripture is happenstance, but it's rather purposeful and necessary for those of us who believe. And holding this context as a baseline, why then is this described? I believe that the primary reason is to establish and set the relationship between man and woman that would last forever. And besides all the scriptural support for my own belief, I find that this concept is also extraordinarily attacked by the system of the world whose power is the kingdom of darkness. And then I'm begged to ask the question, why attack something that has no meaning or no purpose? Or is what you're attacking a red flag to those who believe that there's something vital that's connected as it relates to man and woman. You see, man and woman are related to each other in an intimate way, in an extremely intimate way. They're bound together and they are totally dependent upon each other. And this goes against the culture and and the current flow of things where we see a push to stand alone rather than come together. This idea that I don't need a man or I don't need a woman. I can do it by myself and all this type of nonsense, which is really um, against scripture. And the idea and theology behind it is born not of God, but of man and of the system of the devil. Scripture shows us that in the design of God, one cannot exist without the other. I want you to think about that. Scripture clearly shows us that in the design of God, how God created things to be, one cannot exist without the other. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Man and woman need each other. They need each other desperately. God needed to reveal this fact so that every generation would come to the understanding of it. Man and woman are different persons and distinct individuals. Each has a distinctive role upon the earth. They were created for a specific purpose and place and position. Each was created with that uh, specific purpose of God. Each has to fulfill his or her role in order to survive and to have a full and complete life. God also needed to reveal that fact to every generation that would come after them. But again, why does the Bible take time to discuss the creation of woman 
in detail. And you'll find that the creation of woman is slightly different than the creation of man. Is there something that we're supposed to see and understand in that? I believe it is to show that man and woman are related to each other intimately, but at the same time, it needs to show that even in their intimate connection, they are still different from one another. Each is distinctive and extremely unique with a distinctive role and a specific purpose upon the earth. God planned woman as part of creation. It is God himself who is making the plans and speaking uh, this event, sharing with us the knowledge of what took place. The plan for woman's creation was not just an afterthought. It was not uh, an inferior plan that he tried to enhance. It was not uh, something of less importance or was not given uh, the proper attention and thought until after man was created and then the realization hit that it wasn't good for man to be alone. God did things in a certain specific order necessary for understanding to be revealed to his creation. The very uh, opposite is really true when you begin to think about how man thinks about things. This passage shows that great attention and thought are given to the creation of woman. The plan for woman's creation was worked out in great detail. God's purpose is clearly stated. Woman was created because it was not good for man to be alone. Now the phrase, not good, means that man was incomplete. Man was unfinished. Man was unfulfilled. Man was deficient. And man was alone. And the amazing thing is, is that man didn't even realize this until later on. And because of this, it was not good for him to be alone. Without woman, man would have no suitable companion for love and comfort. Now, I want you to understand, this is why it is so important for us to follow the plan of God, because there are many men and women in the earth that are looking for this uh, sense of completion, this sense of uh, fulfillment, and they're trying to find it in something for which was not designed to bring that into their life. Man will never find fulfillment and, and completeness in another man. Woman will never find fulfillment and completeness in uh, another woman. It's not designed that way of God. Man call, or God caused man to find completion and to become complete in woman and woman to become complete in man. Neither would he be able to reproduce. Man cannot reproduce or finish the work or subdue the earth as God had instructed man to do in the 28th verse of the first chapter of the book of Genesis. You see, without woman, man would have no person with whom to share life, not someone of his own nature, and since the corruption of the earth by sin, man, unfortunately, was going to experience physical death. And if man had no ability to reproduce, the uh, species called man would become extinct. You see, man cannot reproduce without woman. Even as uh, crazy as medical science is now, man still cannot reproduce 
without a woman. The point is this. Man was only half of God's plan for human life. Let me say that again for the people in the cheap seats. The point that God is making is man is not the pinnacle, but only half of the pinnacle of God's plan for human life. Woman is the other half. God's plan was not complete until woman was created. Woman was as much a part of God's plan for human life as man was a part of God's plan for human life. And therefore, it was not good that man would be alone. And God knew that man would need woman when he first began to plan the human life upon the earth. So consequently, God planned the creation of woman. He planned to create her right along with man. But he had to address some uh, specific things concerning the understanding that's necessary. You see, the same problems that existed for man then still afflict and plague man today. Problems like loneliness and emptiness and deficiency, incompleteness, unfulfillment. You see, God did not create man and woman to suffer such afflictions, but too many of us do, and all because of sin. Is there an answer? Deliverance from these problems? Is there such a thing as a complete and fulfilled life, a life of purpose and meaning and significance? A million times, yes. Scripture declares this. Scripture declares that Jesus Christ came to earth for this very purpose, to give us life, both abundant and eternal life. All we have to do is this. Turn to Christ and follow him. It's when we turn to Christ and follow him that he gives us the life for which we long. John 1 and 4 declares, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The Bible also declares, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life in John 5 and 24. John 10 and 10, one of my favorite scriptures says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. It's also important that we understand that God planned woman because man needs a helper. The idea that you can do it or go it alone is ridiculous. You cannot do it or go alone. You need help. God knew this and he planned woman to be the helper or the companion, the suitable companion and helper for man. Now, it's important that we understand that the Hebrew word meet or uh, also transcribed as suitable is kenagdo. And it means fit, adapted to, agreeing with, counterpart, opposite, but equal to. It means that the woman was created as a suitable helper for man, was created as a fit helper for man, was adapted to the nature of man, agreed with the nature of man, and was like the nature of man, was opposite, 
but equal in being for man. Another way to say this uh, simply is God planned woman to be the counterpart of man, to be the very same nature as man, to be the very same rank as man, to be suited to man mentally, physically, morally. God's plan included the creation of woman just as his plan had included the creation of man. God created woman to be a true helper and companion for man. Man, of course, was to provide the same help and companionship for woman. Now, there is nothing in the plan of God about superiority or inferiority, nothing about a superior or inferior ranking between man or woman. The idea that woman is inferior to man or of some type of lesser being is not supported by God, nor is it supported in the word of God. It is derived specifically from the depraved and sinful Adamic nature and culture and societal systems and traditions. The primary reason that God planned the creation of woman was for him. For man, man was incomplete, incomplete in an absolute sense without woman. He was totally deficient. Creation was not finished with just man upon the earth. Man needed woman, desperately needs her. Therefore, God creates woman. Woman was created first and foremost for man. Woman was created to be the helper and companion, the partner of man. Companionship being the partner of man is woman's primary function upon the earth. And this function exceeds all other purposes for woman. God created the first two humans to be the parents of the human race. They were to be companions, to live and work together as partners, helping each other every way that they could as the parents of the human race. They were to be the framework of what God wants the race to be, one family. This is one of the major points or revelations that God is making in this passage. Man and woman are to be companions to each other, true companions living and working together as one family, as God's family. The human race is to live together in peace, in the love and joy and peace of a family. It's God's plan for man and woman to help each other. But this requires two things, a willingness to help, and a willingness to receive and accept the help that is offered. Romans 15 and 7 says, Wherefore receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Scripture also declares, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians 6 and 2. It tells us that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift, his, uh, lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him uh, get up. It's important that we understand this. Now, there is no record in Scripture of Adam ever complaining about this loneliness or incompleteness or uh, inability to be fulfilled. He fellowshiped with God. God was all he knew. God was all he had. And when and if we are forced to be alone, God will make his presence be enough for us. 
He promises in Matthew 28 and 20, Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. He also promises that that you need to let your conversation, that that your behavior be without covetedness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hebrews uh, 13 and 5. Exodus 33 and 14, the Bible declares, and he said, my presence shall go with thee and I will give thee rest. It goes on to say, I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. God is always with you. God is always enough. Now my mind is filled with thoughts. I'm studying this and I'm talking to God and I'm hearing through the gift of Holy Ghost that is alive in me so much information, so much knowledge and revelation of God's word. A home should have rivers of communication. It should have rivers of sharing running through its rooms. Yet so many homes are like dried up deserts. A person can be in the midst of a crowd or in the center of a family, yet still feel all alone. I want you to note the picture that's painted of God in verse 18. God sees and he cares. God is concerned about his creation. He saw Adam's need and he sees our need. The picture is that of a father who cares for us. If we walk with God as Adam walked with God, God will meet your every need. First Peter 5 and 7, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. The Bible tells us that he God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But as I'm studying this and I'm reconciling this uh, overflow of information really that was pouring into my spirit, there was a part of me that kind of jumped up and said, wait a minute, it's really interesting to me what the Bible does as he begins to introduce the necessity, the need, the the, uh, plan of God as it relates to woman, he's talking about this, and then he like flips a switch. Like right in the middle, he's he's introducing woman and, and man's need for woman and how it's not good for man to be alone. And then all of a sudden, he switches to talking about animals. And it like puzzles, puzzled me because God's decision to create woman switches to God's creation of animals and to his instructing man to name the animals. And I'm like, wait a second, what does this have to do? Like, why is this? This Like, on, on first cursory read, you would think that this is a person with attention deficit disorder. You know, if you, if you ever talk to somebody, their conversations can tend to be kind of everywhere. They start talking about one thing, and then they jump to something else, and then they jump to something else. And you hope that you get the end to the end of one of the stories that's being told. 
And I'm reading this, I'm like, what, what just happened? Why inject the creation and naming of animals right in the middle of God's creation or explanation of the creation of woman? Well, I believe God wanted to reemphasize a critical point for man. First and foremost, he is the creator of all of man's companions, of all living creatures. Man needed to know this, understand this, to have it driven into his mind. If man was to have a special companion, a companion with his very own nature, God was the one that had to create that for him. Man had to uh, depend upon God to give him the companion who would be a perfectly suitable partner. Now, this is still God's emphasis even today. Every man and woman should depend upon God to give them the very companion they need. We get into trouble when we take it upon ourselves to decide who our companion should be. We do not have the ability to know outside the knowledge and wisdom of God who is truly right for us, which is why we should always lean to the direction of the Lord as it relates to our companion. How can two walk together lest they be agreed? God shows man that he is superior to animals. Man has superior authority over animals. His authority is seen in the fact that God brings the animals to Adam to be named. The animals did not uh, name man. Man named the animals. God had given man dominion over the earth. God now turns over the animal world for man to begin to exercise the authority that he was given. The animal world was thereafter under man's authority and keeping. Now, Scripture says that God brought the animals to Adam. So two logical questions need to be asked. First, how did God bring the animals? By having angels escort the animals to Adam? By some movement upon their hearts to go to Adam? Well, Scripture really doesn't say. But it is more natural to say that God moved upon the animal's heart, gave them an intuitive sense to go to Adam. Second, did all the animal, animals of the earth go to Adam? Did every creature on the earth go to Adam to be named? Well, many Bible scholars will tell you no, that only the animals in the Garden of Eden were named. However, it's important for us to focus on Scripture. The indication seems to be that God created every animal and man named every animal. But there is an exception to this. Water animals such as fish are not mentioned. That's a thought for another day. Now, man's authority over the world is seen from the beginning of known history. History reveals two significant things about man's authority. Man has used his authority for good and that he has made some progress in building up this world through medicine and technology and a variety of other things. Man has also used his authority for depraved purposes, for the destruction of human life, for the destruction of nature, for the destruction of the environment, for the destruction of air and water, uh, the very things that we breathe and drink. Now man has superior in, uh, intelligence over animals. The Hebrew words for calling and naming the animals have the idea of study and concentrated thought. Study and thought that tries to match the name to the nature of the animal. So man's superior intellect is seen in the following fact. 
Man was able to control the animals so that he could name them. He held authority over them because of his superior intellect. Man was able to study, to reason, to concentrate much longer than the animals. Long enough to give them names. Names that matched their nature. Man was able to research the nature of each of the animals. Then he demonstrated creativity by formulating names to match that nature. Man was able to speak to uh, attach words to his thought so that he could vocalize his ideas. And down through the centuries, man has used his intellect in both responsible and irresponsible ways, both for good and bad. Responsibly, man has sought to better his welfare upon the earth, both men uh, mentally and materially. Materially, he has sought to make himself more comfortable and, and healthy. Mentally, he has sought to learn more and more in order to be better. Uh, to enjoy a better life for not just himself but for all men and to control more and more in the natural world. However, irresponsibly, man has also turned uh, much of his advancement in science and technology towards selfish ends, toward indulgence, extravagance, power, and authority over others, the selfishness that deprives others, that enslaves and destroys them. But man has a superior being and person over animals. Man is, spirit, is a spiritual being. And apparently, as Adam begins to associate with the animals, a fact began to dawn upon him. A realization that something was uh, different. There was not a suitable helper or companion for him. All the animals had mates. God created them with companions with the capacity to reproduce, but Adam did not have that capacity. There was no companion for Adam. As he studied the nature of the animals and named them, a longing for companionship with a superior being must have arisen within his heart. So Adam came to the realization of his need for a spiritual companion just like himself. There is a close association between man and animal, but there is also a vast difference between the two. Man and animal can to some degree communicate, play together, and enjoy each other's company, but in every case, without exception, man has to always lower himself to meet the animal on its left on the animal's level. Never can the animal raise itself and meet man on his level. And this is what Adam saw and sensed over, uh, you know, so deeply. There was no creature capable of being a companion to him or something that was on his level. Adam already had something lesser than himself, but he did not have something equal to himself. Animals are limited in what type of companionship they can even provide man. Adam needed woman, a being equal in person, equal in nature with him. And despite man's great authority over the animal world, he still had no companion like himself. No companion with his superior nature. So God's purpose was to show man his great need for woman, for a companion just like himself. So picture in your mind Adam studying and observing the animals and as he uh, researches their nature, at some point it dawns upon him that every living animal has a companion just like itself except him. 
He realizes that creation is incomplete, that another act of creation is needed, a very special act of creation. So God needs to create a companion for him. This is uh, this method of showing Adam his need for a woman was really bound to have a tremendous impact upon Adam. It was bound to make Adam love and appreciate who would be his dear wife far more than if God had just created her at the same time that he was created. When God created Eve, Adam was longing for her, longing for an intense, uh, with an intense desire. He knew how desperately he needed a companion who was just like himself, a companion with his very own nature. He recognized, as he's looking at everything else, when you're struggling to understand the order of things and why God created man God is always trying to explain himself to uh, bring revelation of why he does what he does the way that he does it man has to come to this understanding that he might appreciate what God is doing this method of showing Adam his need for a woman was God's way of showing man a fact that was to always be remembered. Man and woman were created as equal beings, as two beings who were to be equal, companions to one another, the counterpart of each other. Man was the stronger person physically. Therefore, God knew that as history has shown us that in many, if not all societies, man would tend to dominate the woman. So God needed to show man that woman was equal, equal by the very nature of her creation. Woman was to be created by God as a very unique individual, just as man was a very unique individual. Man was to be taken, or woman rather, was to be taken from the body of man himself. This would allow us to come to the understanding that she was made to be uh, of the same stuff as man. Man was to hold the woman ever so dear to his heart, loving and respecting her ever deep, so deeply, for she came both from God's hand and from his very own body. She was of the very same spiritual being as Adam and of the very same physical being as Adam. She was both of God and of man. Man and woman are equal in person and equal in being. They differ only in that they have different roles and purposes upon the earth and in the process of creation. Man has used his spiritual being in both good and bad ways. He has looked at the world in all its vastness, beauty, and design, and he has studied and researched its origin, wondering where everything has come from. He has asked, is there a creator, a supreme intelligence, or some force, a personal God who has made the world and created man and woman? Man has often seen the power and the intelligence of God revealed in nature. He has seen that God does indeed exist but man has too often become vain in his own imagination and professed himself to be too wise to believe in a God beyond himself and as a result man has changed the image of the incorruptible God into the image of the corruptible man man has too often claimed to be his own God humanism and secularism but the Bible declares because that when they knew God they glorified him not as God 
God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Romans 1, 21 through 23. For the heart of this people is waxed gross and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes have they closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them Acts 28 and 27 and he, one, one declaration in scripture that's so powerful in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. We have to understand that there is something going on, disrupting our understanding. The world and the things of the world can never satisfy the soul of man. Nothing can satisfy the spiritual hunger of man except God. Man's soul will always be incomplete, unfulfilled, dissatisfied, and restless until it comes to know God, to know him personally. Now, some people give more attention and affection to animals than they do to their own spouses or children. They substitute animals for those who are supposed to be their loved ones. This is not the intention of God for man. The reason for man's superior authority is his superior intelligence and the reason for his superior intelligence is his superior being, which is his spirit. It is his spirit, the image and likeness of God that gives man superior intelligence and authority. And, and, and although man's uh, investigation and research into the world of nature should begin from this basis, man is a spiritual being, a being made in the image and likeness of God. The, the, it's necessary for man to reflect all of God in creation. Now we carry then the characteristics of God in our very being. Woman's creation is a picture of the closeness, the great companionship that God wants between husband and wife as they live and work together upon the earth. The closeness and the intimacy, the bond between man and woman is immediately seen in the facts that are laid out for us in scripture. See how God de uh, describes this to us. God says that he puts Adam to sleep and he takes from Adam a rib. Now this is vitally important because right here is the uh, revelation that God made woman differently than he made man. You got to remember, God, when he created Adam, he created Adam from the dust of the earth. He formed Adam out of the dust of the earth and then breathed into Adam the breath of God, and Adam became a living soul. But as he describes the creation of woman, God does not start with the dirt. He is removed from the dirt, and he starts with Adam. He removes from Adam a rib to create Eve. God did not create woman like he did man. He did not create woman like he created the animal kingdom, independent of each other. You have to remember that when God created the, the animal kingdom, he pulled them out of the dust of the earth. But they were independent. They were not 
of each other. So just like a surgeon, God carefully put Adam to sleep and Adam slept. Now the Hebrew word slept, uh, tardema, means a deep, deep sleep. So God tenderly and meticulously operates on Adam and removes a rib from his body. God created the woman from that very rib of Adam. God created woman out of the very body and being of man. Let me state this simply. God performed surgery upon man, took one of his ribs, and made woman out of that rib. This is fantastic. It's unbelievable. It's unimaginable. But not really. Not when we look at the beautiful and meaningful reasons why God created woman in this fashion. This is not a fable about the origin of the female species of humanity. It's not a myth as to how women appeared upon the earth and began her journey down throughout the, the centuries of history. The biblical account is a simple explanation of exactly what happened. It's an accurate account. But why? Why would God not just form woman out of the dust of the ground like he did with man well if you have a careful study and understanding of the passage it will show you why it shows that God had several beautiful and meaningful reasons for creating woman in this manner first woman came out of man's need therefore she was to come out of man's being only out of your being can your desire be fulfilled. Man was to be, or a woman rather, was to be the object of man's cleaving. Therefore, woman was made out of man's being in order to cause a natural clinging to, a reaching out for one another's own being, one another's own flesh. Woman was to be one flesh with man. Therefore, she was made out of the very flesh of man so that man and woman could have identical natures and stand as the counterpart one to the other. Woman came out of man's flesh so that both uh, could cherish and nurture each other. No person hates his own flesh. The very opposite is true. He cherishes it. He protects it. He cares for it. The Bible declares, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it, cherisheth it, and even as the Lord, the church. Woman is the glory. Now watch this, men. Woman is the glory and crown of creation. The being who brings refinement to the world more so than any other creature. If you don't believe me, 1 Corinthians 11 and 7. You ought to read the word. You'll find some amazing stuff in there. It says that the woman is the glory of men. I can't say it any plainer than that. 1 Corinthians 11 and 7, check the text. The woman is the glory of man. Woman is the glory and the crown of both man and nature. The animals had just been created by God. And after their creation, man was created out of the dust of the ground. He was created after. Uh, he that was created after was more excellent and of more glory than the animals. But watch this. Woman was made after 
after man and she was not taken out of the dust but out of man himself so woman's creation may therefore be said to be more excellent and more glorious than the creation of man because she was twice removed from the dust of the earth to bring more refinement and beauty and glory to the earth to be the summit the crowning glory of creation woman was created from the very rib taken from the chest of man that which protects his heart woman is that which gives us so much meaning it's that which brings warmth and tenderness and encouragement to man she is either protective or a destructive force in the life of man and I'm going to share more about this next week as we continue to discuss why woman because you need to understand why woman because men too many of us have failed in our understanding of the vital importance of woman not just in creation or in the world but in our own lives I thank God each day for my wife and I believe the scripture that says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and has found favor of God God bless you have an amazing Sunday and begin to think why woman and let's come back together next week and talk about this a little bit more Amen. This has been a production of the GMFC Studios. God bless you.